0: you must find people interesting more than you want to help them so as i'm interested in you what makes you tick wow that's really interesting i'm how did you arrive at that decision so i'm curious about you because if i'm so focused on i've got to help you i've got to fix you now you know i may try to guilt you i may try to manipulate you i might try to force you if because I'm meeting my need there. My need is to feel good about myself because I've helped you.
1: Welcome to Brighter Stories, the podcast about eliminating poverty and empowering people by giving them the tools they need to build independent lives that they love. Hey, I'm your host, Jason Henson. In this series, we'll tackle a variety of topics like outreach and what it means to do life with someone and more. We'll hear testimonies from graduates of the Restoration Program, Victory Mission's long-term discipleship program that transforms lives through a holistic approach. I hope this podcast will challenge and encourage you and will start discussions about how we can help our neighbors write brighter stories for their lives. How do you really listen to somebody? I was excited to have Dr. Jennifer Baker stop by our studios and share with us about how to listen and have great conversations with people that we care about. She shares with us about having conversations, about going in with your own biases and preconceived notions, and really trying to understand why are you doing what you're doing? Let's jump in as Jennifer shares her tips and tricks with us. I have a psychologist in the house. Woohoo. Dr. Jennifer Baker is right. here, founder of Good Dads That's and right. also runner of clinics and many, you've worked right. at nonprofits and all kinds of different, you just, okay, give us a rundown, a little snapshot of who you are, where you've worked and what gives you credibility to kind of talk about communication and different things.
0: Wow. Wow. <laughs> Well, long ago and far away, I was a teacher. I taught at a high school in Detroit, and then I taught at an elementary school in Southern Illinois in a little town, so a big city, little town. And then I got my master's degree in marriage and family therapy, and then I was the director of family ministries at two different large churches in Northern Illinois, not at the same time, Mm -hmm. but you know. Then uh, uh, we moved to Springfield, then I earned my doctorate in clinical psychology. I directed the marriage and family therapy program for many Ration years. I've lost and count. Homelessness and, and then poverty. I also was the director of the Community oh. Mental Health Clinic. And then I started Good Dads seven more than seven years ago now. And I also continue in private practice as a licensed clinical psychologist. That's, that's a short story. So something about relationships. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Probably more than 30 years listening to people argue. That is. No, I mean, I do a lot more than that. But, you know, when you work with couples and families, sometimes they don't, if they're really happy with each other, they don't usually come in to tell me that. We will train them and we'll provide the food. And um, you said, okay. Yeah.
1: And it has been fantastic. Like we were talking before we came in here and sat down that just... So many of our dads Mm -hmm. and now we have a a women's program, but, you know, so many of the dads, they were just telling stories about the impact the class has had. And really it was just about them learning things they didn't know.
0: Well, I think many of the men that you serve and other people like you serve uh, are even though they might be 32 or 41 or whatever, by the time they get sober and clean, They're like 14 or 15. They've missed so many things in their life. And maybe another important thing to know is that I supervised your counselor here for two years. So during that time, we talked about 214 different men, 214 different men. And of those, only eight grew up in a home with their dad. So So
1: eight men out of 214 grew up with a dad. Right. And that need is why you started Good Dads.
0: Yes, because I saw as the community mental health uh, director, what I saw was that most of the children that we saw lived in a home without their father. And then the problems they were experiencing were related to the fact that, you know, there were people in and out of the house or mom didn't have enough time to give to them because she was so exhausted after working and trying to care for them. Or maybe they were suffered abuse at the hands of somebody who was not a family member or you name it. So when dad is not in the home, children are a lot more at risk for poverty and many other things.
1: And if they want to learn more about this, anybody could listen to, they could grab a book, The Boy Crisis. Right. Which you actually gave me. And Yes. I li- it is a very research-based book, but it, it almost, it, there's a lot of good practical tips yeah. on how to shift the problems. It's not just here's the issue. There's a lot of solution focused things in that book yeah. too.
0: It's a brand new one that just came out by Richard V. Reeves, R-E-E-V-E-S, called Of Boys and Men. Really, really good. Just came out in 2022, Of Boys and Men. And he talks about the challenges that boys especially face in education, how our lack of attention to Responsible fatherhood has impacted our political spectrum. It's very research based. So it's not, um, I've heard uh, a more liberal podcaster talk about it, and I've heard a more conservative podcaster talk about it. So when you hear that from both perspectives, you're like, wow, you know, and then just the whole. The problems that we have with crime and mental health and all of those kinds of things related to responsible fatherhood. So I say, you may have heard me say, um, even if you're not a very tender hearted person for the sake of community safety, you ought to carry about care about responsible fatherhood.
1: That's right. And and so people listening to this, what we're trying to be is a space where we're having conversations Mm -hmm. with people because they might be like, I got to do something. I have to do so." They go to church. They see a need in their community. And they're like, I've got to solve some kind of problem, but I don't know where to start. How do I talk to somebody who's homeless? How do I, you know, what if they're not a dad? And what if I didn't have a dad? Now, you've got all these triggers. There's just so many more
0: variables. Look, you're looking at somebody who has talked to pastors Because we have communities that would very much like to have the kind of program that we have. And they've got people like the people you serve. They may not have Victory Mission, which would really help in my opinion. And I am begging those pastors begging i said you know matthew 9 where jesus says uh the fields are white and the harvest is waiting pray Mm -hmm. therefore the lord of the harvest to send forth labors you got retired people men in your congregation you got retired or empty nesters you want to re-energize your men's ministry Mm -hmm. get involved in this Get involved in this because when you start working with men and you see them become responsible men, get a job, be a responsible dad, there's just nothing like it. I mean, my guy facilitators come back and tell me like, wow, I thought I was helping them, but it is making such a difference in me and my life.
1: That is true. At every organization anywhere. I remember that when I was at uh, camp serving individuals of all ability levels, you know, all of our staff would say, you know, I came here to help that person, you know, and that was kind of the, they they would intentionally use them or that person. But man, they grew and then they realized these are my friends. And, and that's really what we're going to be talking. Like there's misconceptions, right? There's misinformation. You look at somebody on the street corner you look at a dad or you look at someone in prison and you think well they don't want to be a dad they don't they don't know how they they're just they're losers they're deadbeats and even some of the moms of these of you know that have been with these dads they're giving those narratives too they're saying well he's just a deadbeat he doesn't want to work he doesn't care they don't want to pay child support but so many of them when you get to know their story there's worth of child support waiting there. There's just this mountain they can't see out of, so why try to climb it?
0: Right, and that's exactly the thing is that when someone has children and then they're incarcerated, that child support continues to accrue that debt um, while they can't work. Mm -hmm. And so then they get out, and they're usually not getting a great job but the state can take up to half of what they get. Half. They can't live on that. And so then people start doing living off the grid, so to speak, or they take pay under the table. They're not, they don't become tax paying citizens. Well, in his wisdom, the head of the family support division for the state of Missouri started looking at some of those statistics about why people weren't paying. And he said, the reason they're not, they're not paying is they're poor. They can't pay. It's the debtor's prison thing all it's over. Right, the- right. It's exactly that. And so through the Good Dads program, through our new Pathways program that we work with you guys on, we come alongside them. It's like we put an arm on their shoulder and we say, let us help you with this. They still have to pay it. But we. what can you pay right now? You can pay $10 this month. Okay. They, the goal is to get them to pay every month. And then to help them be a responsible dad, teach them about what it means to be a father, help them get a job, help them get a better job, all those kinds of things. And we've just seen phenomenal success in doing that. Now, you know, we don't save everyone, just like what you do. You don't save everyone. But the numbers that have been impacted in the children, even just in one year, are pretty amazing.
1: And and I remember you telling me about the data. I mean, just the data points alone, like... It cost the state to give you this contract. And then you almost paid back in child support like the first year. You were almost neutral. Yes.
0: Yes. The first year we recovered. But then last year we recovered almost five times as much as they paid us.
1: That is remarkable.
0: (laughs) So what I hear. I think they should give us more. (laughs) But they probably are. So one thing I'm thinking of.
1: With misinformation is moms are saying they don't want to be dads, and what you're finding out is it's it's five times as much more money than you're even getting to run this program. So what the data is saying is no,
0: these men want to be dads, right? They want to be a great dad. They just don't know how. Right. And if you've never seen it, how do you know what to do? How do you know to do that thing if you and and that's what most people don't realize is that these folks didn't grow up in a great home. First of all, we have generational poverty. Mostly they grew up in a home with addiction and or abuse. Mm -hmm. And so now they love their children and they want to see their children, but they also have got some pretty serious barriers to overcome and they need help in doing that. It is not at all unusual for us to see lots of tears as Mm -hmm people tell their stories and you know teaching those classes is a pretty emotional thing because you realize that all the stuff you didn't get when you learn how to be a good dad and then you realize all the stuff that you didn't get but here's the thing that we're also seeing that when you can give to your child what you didn't get it heals a part of your heart it really does
1: Do you have goals you want to reach? Do you need support to reach those goals? Victory wants to connect with you with our Life Together coaches. Life Together coaches share practical resources to help you grow spiritually, personally, relationally, vocationally, or financially. Find the victory you're looking for and start taking small steps towards your abundant life. Visit VictoryMission.com forward slash get help. This, this is tremendous. This is so, I and I think about this because we can take this little isolated thing on what you're doing with these classes, mentors, conversations, spaces of healing, mm-hmm. classes where everybody's kind of wanting to get better. And you look at that, and I'm just thinking about, you know, on a corner I drive up to and I and I see someone homeless, the complexities of that individual.
0: <laughs> yes. It,
1: it, it's not as simple as, hey, let me help you go get a job because we, we've there's communities that have tried that. Hey, let's get everybody on a bus and we'll take them to a place where they can get a job. But they don't know who they are. They don't know right. where they're going. Everybody's told them they're losers. And so
0: they're like, well, this
1: is where I am.
0: So- well, uh, you know, when you see that person, first of all, you might see a person who's struggling with addiction. It, and sometimes you can kind of see the effects of that, you know. Uh, But you also might be seeing a person who, in addition, or instead of has a very serious mental illness. When Mm -hmm. someone has uh, schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, uh, then, then they... They hear things or they see things that other people don't see. And so often what happens is they get incarcerated because they're seen as a public nuisance or they might, they might spend some time uh, in a program of some sort, but then, and they're on medication there. And so then they're released, but they only have medication for a couple of weeks. And so before long, they're back to the same thing. So there's There are those kinds of issues going on there. So
1: when we think someone's listening to this and they're like, I've got to help. I want to do things. So there are some safety concerns, obviously. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't run around like a like a Robert, Robin, Robin Hood. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Like a Robert, you know, I'm going to save all these people because that you've got to do your own work. Right. Why are you wanting to engage? Why are you, you know. Have you done the work ready to be able to help somebody? Because if you have these unhealthy relationships, then you're going to have a savior complex. And these are all the things you've done. If you've been in any counseling program, you have to do that work in that program in order to become a counselor, right? I mean, there's a lot of therapy that you do with your other peers and teammates and stuff like that. So, like, we, we want people to be encouraged that, like, we want you to help, but do it in the right way.
0: There are, I think it's important to understand that while you may want to help people, um, I had a supervisor say years ago, and this is so useful. He said, you must find people interesting more than you want to help them. Okay, say that again. You must find people interesting more than you want to help them. So as I'm interested in you, what makes you tick? Wow. Wow that's really interesting. I'm, how did you arrive at that decision? So I'm curious about you because if I'm so focused on, I've got to help you, I've got to fix you. Now, you know, I may try to guilt you. I may try to manipulate you. I might try to force you if, because I'm meeting my need there. My need is to feel good about myself because I've helped you. Whereas if I stay curious about you, then I'm going to be able to understand you better, and that is very therapeutic.
1: That I love that. I'm so, i I'm, I'm using that. I hope I can hear <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Jennifer Baker told me, but I think about that even in you know because I've been in child care and i have my own children mm-hmm. and i have employees and so if you're always trying to fix them rather than being like man i wonder why I, like now that i that's like words for what i feel like i've been trying to do like i need to understand what makes my son tick my mm-hmm. i have three teenagers now and i'm like oh that's so refreshing to me and i think for anybody helping anyone for you to be curious you've got to understand where they're coming from What
0: makes them tick? What makes, what's their why? Yeah, exactly. And if you do that as your children, then you can get uh, out of your investment in them turning out a particular way. Uh, Of course, you know, as godly parents, we want our children to grow up to love and serve God. But when so many parents, and I see this a lot in family therapy, it's like they're writing their resume on the back of their kid, (sighs) And so if that kid does not is not living, breathing proof that I was a good parent, then, oh man, you know, that's just not good. A lot of questionable behaviors arise on the part of the parent. And of course, the child responds in a not so good way.
1: Well, I, I was, as you said that, I was just thinking of, uh, I did get a call from one of our uh, volunteers at one point, and they just asked me about, somebody coming back in our program and, and this individual just told me, you know, we helped them, we, we did this and, and they sort of became the ATM, they had become a little bit of a taxi and, and I think they wanted to see them, it was, it was misguided compassion. So they really wanted that person to get, well, but what the individual was doing was taking their resources but not applying them in the right way and the Mm -hmm. person didn't know how to say no and and so it can be and it wasn't nobody got hurt nothing was dangerous but it was like that individual they were trying to help ended up back in prison and so they were like well could they come back and what they had learned through all that was ah we weren't really helping right but then our friend that's now in prison you know we would welcome him back Mm -hmm. because he didn't finish right and he got what he needed at the time, and he left. Uh, but then he started using the same mechanisms that got him in trouble.
0: Well, I think you see too, and that sometimes relapse is part of recovery. And if you work in the work that you guys do at Victory Mission, or even as a therapist, you see sometimes people have to think they, you know, they may leave too soon. And you're thinking this is not gonna end well, but then that's all part of the process of them getting to a better space. Hopefully that yeah, they get rock
1: bottom whatever that looks whatever like. Whatever that is. Yeah. So when when you think about that and and you have I don't know how many how many people have you counseled?
0: I Do have you, no idea. I mean thousands? Wow, over thirty years, perhaps. I you know, and then let's just say for n- at least 9 years, it might have been longer than that. I sat behind a mirror and watched students do therapy, so I was actually part of their team. So, yeah, a lot. I don't know. So when you when you think
1: about that, I'm just thinking about somebody going out and and trying to build a relationship, yeah. right? It is there, there's things you can say, things you can do, but like the curiosity is key. Mm-hmm. What other things could somebody know about building because you I mean, you're meeting people in a very professional manner. They're paying you or or there's some kind of thing there so it's but like people want to help i think there's really individuals want to help somebody else they want to feel valued and they grow and the individual can grow as long as they're in a good healthy space
0: Um, i would say a very another key thing is listen and ask good questions more than you talk like you have to earn the right to say hard things into somebody's life. You can't just say it. Now, I mean, you know, I can say some things now that I might not have been able to say 20 years ago because I'm old. No, (laughs) but I mean, you know what I'm saying, it's like I've earned the right, a lot of times a really good referral, people come in, they expect me to be able to help, so if I ask them to do something, they're probably going to do it or they're more likely to do it. But the relationship is key, but relationship is not enabling. And that's so important. Being interested, caring, offering unconditional positive regard. But that doesn't mean that I say, oh, you did that line of cocaine and you feel good about it. Yeah. <laughs> well,
1: <laughs> that, is, that I'm is so my... happy
0: you're taking care of yourself that way.
1: <laughs> right. So talk about more about the enablement piece, because that is that is a key thing. And you're doing training like now. You're in an aspect where you're training facilitators to run these programs mm-hmm. to where men are coming in, trying to learn about. So what kind of tips do you give your, your facilitators?
0: Well, one thing we always say is that people feel safe when they're So let's talk from the very beginning about are you going to start on time and what kind of things are you going to allow in class? And, you know, just allowing questionable language is not a good idea, but there's a way to go about that so you're not trying to humiliate a person, but also just giving the impression that, you know, we show respect for each other here. And that's part of showing respect. That is, that's
1: really good. And I think it's one of those things where we think about structure, sometimes people say, well... I can't hold them to some accountability or I can't hold them to these expectations.
0: What would you say to that? Do you care about them? I mean, do you really care about them? Because if the two of you have agreed together that that's an important goal for their life, then why wouldn't you say, well, I'm really confused, Henry. You said you wanted this, but then I see you doing that. So help me understand how that makes sense. Because yeah. you say you want this, but then this is the behavior that I'm seeing, so I'm confused.
1: Yeah, help me understand. Yeah,
0: help me understand.
1: I thought you didn't want to use again, Yeah, and yet you're coming here and you're in tears. And so sometimes those confessions of, oh, I screwed up, I can't, they can be manipulative.
0: They can. I a good question to ask that I would ask in therapy would be, whether someone's had an affair or used or whatever, how is it that you gave yourself permission to do that? Very interesting. How is it that you gave yourself permission to do that? Tell me the process of that. Because many people often think, oh, it just happened. No, it didn't just happen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Over little bit by little bit or whatever, you crept up to the line and then you stepped over the line or, you know, the dynamics were such that you allowed yourself to make a poor choice that you said you weren't going to do.
1: How did you give yourself permission to do that?
0: Because mm-hmm. I want I want that person to own the problem. If I own the problem, which is what codependency is, then you're not going to own the problem. But if if I kindly ask you about how you gave yourself permission to do that, then there's a much greater likelihood you will own the problem. And you know the solution for that problem lies in the heart of the person who's owning the problem.
1: That is really good. That is really – I'm I'm like thinking of my kids. I'm thinking of every relationship, all my <laughs> – <employees. laughs> There are so many things I might have been doing wrong, and that's <laughs> – but I love that because you. Have I might have
0: an opening next week. Jason. <laughs> that's right.
1: Okay, uh, welcome to therapy with Jason. <laughs> this is Dr. Baker. She's my therapist. <laughs> we'll just have it vulnerable, vulnerable, transparent, and and I think that's really good because what you're trying to do is you're distancing yourself from both
0: their their wins and their losses, mm-hmm. right you're not responsible for that right you're not responsible for all the good choices they make that you know parents want to do that you know and you're not responsible for all the bad choices that they make but it only if that person owns the problem i always talk to people about the um or often talk to them about them about the responsibility pie so here's this pie if the parent or the spouse takes five sixths of that pie then the other person only has a little bitty slice left over and then they can always blame you because you didn't do your part you need to give the pie to the person and and so when I ask a question is how is it you gave yourself you know response permission or sometimes when people tell me a problem where they clearly want me to own the problem I'll say something like um wow that's really hard what do you think you're going to do Hmm. nothing like I I can't fix that problem. So what do you think you're going to do? Then I will also say, well, what have you tried? What have you tried? Usually what they're trying is not working, but I can't get them to, you know, at that point unless they say themselves, I tried this and just didn't work and nothing works. And then only then do I say, would you like some ideas or not? Because
1: they might not, they They might might be like, "I'm
0: I'm fine. And I, and I love the word
1: facilitator. Yeah. Right, like right. I think you chose right. that very intentional, and I, I, I was in a, a master's counseling program for a mm. semester, I think, or maybe a full year, but I did group therapy. That was my favorite. That's still my favorite. I love the group uh-huh. aspect, Dynamic. of course, because I, I have no secrets and I'm very yeah. I overshare everywhere. Um, not everybody's like that, so some. Of, but, but I think about that word facilitator because so much of that is you have to take that approach some ways as i hear you talking with this with people you're trying to help right you have to be the facilitator i i don't know how you're going to come up with how to get to work i don't know how right. you're going to get to that job interview but i mean i can if you have some ideas let's let's brainstorm it
0: yeah. or you're you're doing life with them right and asking really good questions i you know In trying to care for people, this is another thing that supervisor said that I think was so good. He said, really, if you give people full on focused attention for one hour a week, which is what a typical therapy session, he goes, that's about all people can take. He goes, that should be enough. It should be enough because you're present in the moment. You're listening. You're asking good questions. You're not talking all the time. You're really trying to understand them. I mean, that is a huge gift. Most people never get that. That's
1: fantastic. I'm just thinking about somebody listening and says, you mean I could just find a person on the street or find somebody at my church that's different than me or something like that, Mm -hmm. and I could just give them an hour a week if it's undivided, totally focused, and you could have, over the course of time, you could have a huge impact.
0: Yes, some churches have Stephen ministry programs Uh, and in those programs, and I, am kind of a believer in this because I was actually a trainer for that for many years, is that they actually train people to develop their listening skills and then, um, they give them every other week, they give them some place to check in and say, this is what's going on. Because, you know, even, even counselors go through at least two years of supervision and even after that they consult with their colleagues so I think it's quite possible you could be a really good listener for someone um, and then feel like but I need to talk to somebody about what I just heard I I don't really quite know how to respond next week so that's why I'd say yeah you could find someone at your church or but you know you might run into some things where you think I'm I need to kind of touch base with somebody on this and they're they're a, a wise person friend who's done more of this what can be helpful.
1: Well, and one of the things we we talked about in one of our other episodes was, you know, getting an organization, right? If you really want to mm-hmm. make an impact, find a like a good dads program. Find a, a local rescue mission or yeah. a nonprofit right. that you believe in. You know, even if it's Big Brothers Big Sisters. There's a there's a
0: organization, there's rules that are set up, there's expectations, there's a structure, there's a support. And that and that's what I would say you you can go just Lone Ranger, but you're going to do better and be more effective if there's support and structure for your volunteer efforts. It can make a big difference.
1: Yeah, this is really really good stuff. I'm even thinking some of our staff team. I'm like, how do we get? You need to come do some training. <laughs> with I'm, I just think about some of our chaplains. You know, so many of them have personal experiences. That give them sort of the right and access to speak into someone's life. Like you're saying with, you know, your longevity of your career, people come in expecting you to have some answers. And somebody coming out of addiction, hey, okay, you came out of addiction. Well, how'd you do it? But the nuances of each of our
0: complex stories, you can't cookie cut any of that stuff. So there's still things we need to learn. All the time. And, you know, even as a professional, I continue to... Uh, I take advantage of professional uh, continuing education. It's required for what I do, but it's good reason there's required yep. new stuff to learn all the time.
1: So what I hear that saying is teachability. Mm-hmm. You have to be teachable. You have to be willing to kind of surrender to an organization. Because if you're running around Lone
0: Ranger, it's it, you're kind of destined for maybe some heartbreak. Uh, and you can be do more harm than good. I think the problem that I see sometimes with people who are less experienced and less skill uh, is that they they have two or three tools in the toolbox. And those are the only tools they know how to use. And that works fine as long as there is a specific problem. But if there's some complexities, some nuances, as you just said, that they're not familiar with simply because they haven't encountered it or been trained in it, they can do a lot of damage.
1: And really hurt somebody.
0: And really hurt somebody. So... With all
1: of this, we can kind of sum up there's some great tips, there's some right. great things that people can do, but really the majority of people listening could say, "Hey, let me slow down. Let me research some things. Figure out the right channel because if you step into something and and we don't want to do any more harm." I right. mean, it's almost like that doctor's code, right? First of all, Do no No harm.
0: harm. Well, I think, you know, like you guys, uh, Jobs for Life does a wonderful job of training. So a structured opportunity where you can get a little training and support. You continue to learn and grow as an older adult and get um, feel like, you know, there's purpose and meaning and direction in your life and we need you. We need you as an older adult. Uh, But also then you've got the support so that you do no harm. And if you need to take a vacation, we've got somebody to fill in for you. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) They don't need you that bad. Right. Right. Yeah. This is not like a real job. Yeah. So
1: you have your own podcast and things. So tell the listeners if they want to start following you
0: because they love what they hear. Oh, just go to the Good Dads podcast. Good Dads Podcast. podcast on any of the places that you access your podcast. And what's your website? Gooddads.com. Awesome. Yeah, Gooddads.com. It's very simple. That's yeah. great. Well, I I have been, it's
1: been a joy to get to know you. Like we're in social clubs together and different <laughs> things. But I've just, you have been a real inspiration watching that because I, I took this over a big organization, but you have started something from the ground up because you saw a need and I'm, you're, uh, it's very cool. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thanks for coming and sharing all your
0: pearls of wisdom. Well, thanks for being a great partner. We love what you do and, you know, keep doing it.
1: Thanks for listening to the Brighter Stories podcast. What did you think of this episode? Jump on, leave us a review and let us know. We put out a new episode every first and third Friday of the month. So be sure to subscribe so you won't miss any content. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Springfield Victory Mission. Until next time, I'm your host, Jason Henson. Thanks for tuning in.